This podcast is a member of the Place to Be Nation family. Visit us at placetobenation.com, the only place to be in your pop culture world. Wrestling Network friends and family. It's the plan. The friends and family plan. Welcome to uh, this week's episode of Your Home for Everything. Current, up-to-date, modern-day pugilism uh, without gloves. The uh, Place to Be Nation's main event. I'm Scott Criscola. Uh, uh, sorry we're a week late. Schedules and such. Life gets in the way. I wish we got paid for this. I wish I had won that billion-dollar Powerball. And then I would pay everyone to be on shows. And then they would actually come. No, I'm kidding. Everybody comes. Uh, but... We got a good show this week. Um, a lot of pay-per-view stuff to talk about. A lot of news to talk about. Pretty much with almost all the promotions. A little AEW actually has the least to talk about, really. Um, a lot of impact. Well, it's impact for now. Uh, a lot of WWE, particularly when it comes to pay-per-views and such. Uh, uh, a lot of news came out about that this week. About uh, next year in terms of plus premium live events. Plus. Uh, NWA with a pay-per-view this weekend. Uh, uh, and uh, lots of other stuff, and and which I have not looked at yet because I know I know one of the guys on our show tonight wants me to be legitimately surprised if I see who I want to see. The PWI two fifty is out, of course the uh, the women's equivalent of the PWI five hundred, which of course we went over with a few you know a couple months ago. So the PWI two fifty is out for twenty twenty three. And we'll break down the top, uh, well, at least the top 10. Maybe we'll break down the top 20. Anyway, let me bring in the guys. First off, of course, he's the conscience of Place to Be Nation. Um, and he he's the reason that, that, forget Phil Brooks, whoever the fuck that is. This guy's the reason all the promotions go to Chicago. No one cares about that Phil guy. Problem is, Steve Willie asks for much more than Phil. Or does he? What's that bakery that you were talking about? Mindy's Bakery. Mindy's. How's it going, everyone? Uh, yeah. So during the all out, that that whole uh, rant that he went on that started the problems to begin with, he was chowing down. And uh, uh, th- that's why I like the Nate calls Punk the Muffin Man, because uh, he was eating Mindy's ba- Bakery and he shouted out Mindy's Bakery during his whole rant. Uh, and uh, so today, today that we're taping, uh, you know, we tape on a Thursday and airs on a Friday. Mm-hmm. We, um, Punk happened to be on the Chicago sports radio show I listen to while I'm at work. And it's a it's a like an actual intelligent radio show. And they had Punk on. And part of the reason was one of the like the third member of the crew who does. Uh, she's like the bull sideline reporter and did actually did some play by play during the season opener. Uh, she did the shootout for like the celebrity shootout that, you know, like a hockey game. They'll let the celebrities or the fans try to get a goal in a tiny little hole. And Punk happened to be there because he's a, a he's a season ticket holder. He's a huge Hawks guy, huge hockey guy. And so they were they were uh, talking to him and they're like, well, you know, uh, they started talking about like unions and wrestling. And there wasn't like anything contentious. In it. I mean, they're, they're not really wrestling fans, but one it has been a long time wrestling fan. And they're like, well, what are you doing on your birthday? And 
he said, well, basically, you know, we're going to watch horror movies. Me and my wife is, you know, Larry tore his ACL. So he's kind of laid up. But uh, he they just went out in the morning and went to Mindy's Bakery. And I luckily am in the office that only has five people. Usually I'm in an office that has about 50. Uh, but today I'm in a smaller one. And I died. I laughed so hard. Tears came to my eyes because of the Muffin Man Mindy's Bakery reference from All Out. Um, yeah, and it was Chicago, so people knew where it was. He was giving the address. That's how deep it was going. But yeah, Mindy's Bakery. There's a there's a couple of on them. If you if you want to have fun, go look up Mindy's Bakery Chicago on Yelp, and uh, see all the CM Punk references after All Out. Hmm. Mindy's Bakery. Is your face spray painted on the door? No, I've never been there, but I, I feel like I have to. Hmm. I think so. I think so. This guy. Step. This guy's face is spray painted everywhere because he's amazing. He is does not believe in load management because he shows up for all 48 minutes, baby. Every time I need him. He's back. I think it's the first time he's done back-to-back -back episodes of Main Event since Chris Paul was on his second team in the NBA and not his 72nd team in the NBA. Hi, Boogie. Andrew Reich. Hey, how's it going? Yeah, Chris Paul. Uh, yeah, that was, that, was, that was the second team. That was the second team after he, <laughs> he, left, behind my, he left behind my team. Um, <laughs> yes. it, and it comes full circle. I think at the end, by the end of it all, he'll be back with us. But he'll be forty-two years old, you know. We'll, we'll yes, see. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I'm yeah, I'm 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 flashing in and doing spot duty. You know, I'm yes. the one who kind of has to carry the table while you and Steve do the really awesome spot. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, listen, someone's got to be the Buddy Roberts of the Freebirds, okay? Oh, <laughs> you, you, at least you still have your throat. Um. <laughs> You're not smoking 14 <laughs> packs of Luckies. Anyway, oh, guys. Man, rest, in, rest in peace, buddy Roberts. I oh, just love, thought about love, that. Love yeah. Michael Hayes, the only free bird left. I think Iceman King Park. How? Too. How? How yeah, is I know. Keith the one? How is, how is Keith Richards still alive? How is Jake Roberts still alive? <laughs> how is Ric Flair still alive? I just saw him <laughs> well, on fucking Dynamite. <laughs> if, he, if, he's, if he's in a tag team match with the other guy, they may both not live. But no, who knows? Gentlemen, uh, we got a busy week. Uh, we got a lot to talk about. I mentioned it earlier, but... Uh, guess what? I, I, you know, I usually traffic cop the show. I've been doing it, you know, for 10, or God, it'll be 10 years in, in February. The show wow. be 10 years old. Um, Jesus. I know, right? My God. And I have no gray hair on my head. It's all on my beard. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but my sideburns don't count as my hair, people. It's part of my beard. <laughs> it's like that episode of the Simpsons. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we have a lot of topics. So I'm going to let my... Uh, close personal friend of the world, Mr. Steve Aloysius Willie, to uh, kind of steer the ship tonight. So I will talk because you're not going to get me to stop talking. But I'm going to let you uh, go and uh, give us the order tonight, Steve. What would you like to step up to the light with first? Well, I think the one thing I'd like to talk about off the top is Impact Wrestling? Question For mark? For now. Yes. Uh, maybe go into a little of the PWI Women's 250, as you mentioned off the top, uh -huh. because there's some, I think it's a really good list this year. And um, I, think, I think it might, you know, drive some conversation between the three of us because we all watch a little bit different stuff. So 
uh, I, I think between the three of us outside of maybe like the Japanese women, we we can have a, some pretty good opinions on that. Uh, there's like, I didn't tell you about this, Andrew, but I, I kind of want to spend a couple of minutes talking about the match that was just announced for Collision this uh, this weekend, which was kind of... What match? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Utterly shocking. And man, yeah, maybe even the special... Special guest. I think that's what we had on uh, that I had on our list for today. But you know, maybe you know, as the uh, wind blows, mm-hmm. uh, we will we will cover some other things too. Mm. All so right. Bound- well, let's let's get started. Uh, Bound for Glory took place this past Saturday in uh, in Chicago. Um. And incidentally, I want to ask Steve Willie. I want to ask uh, Reach this because you, you, Steve, you, me, and Nate have talked about it in the past. Boogie, I know Chicago as a city is one of the best wrestling cities in the world. It's number two for me. The no, the best, the best wrestling city in the world will always be New York City. But Chicago is obviously number <clears> two. <throat> Excuse me. Go to Mindy's and bring me back a a, a a roll. I'll get you a croissant. A croissant. Um, Chicago. It's one A and one B. All right, let's put it that way. Um, anything's better than Anaheim, let's put it that way. Um, do you think it's just because of Phil Boogie that, like, all these shows in the last, like, year have been in Chicago? And that includes coming up. You know, Impact was in Chicago. Of course, All Out was in Chicago, like it always is. And, uh, lest we forget, coming up, uh, Thanksgiving weekend, uh, Survivor Series will be in Chicago. Is it just because they're a great crowd, or is it because of Phil? That's a legitimate question, because they had all in in 2018, and they never teased Punk to be on that, and that was the infamous one where Cody and the Bucks wanted to sell it out because Melter had made that tweet saying that, replying that he didn't think that you know there could be an indie show that could get that many seats, and they were able to do so. They had shows before Punk went to AEW at some of those other venues in Chicago where they packed the house decently. But definitely mm-hmm. when he went to AEW, that was when they got – they packed the United Center and they packed up Hoffman Estates for All Out. And then you start seeing the reverberation of like all these fests. And I wonder if uh, – maybe – maybe because you know, I talk a lot about AEW on the, the You Know What That Means uh, podcast. But – so I don't want to reverberate too many things, but I will say that I think that when AW kept going back to Chicago as sort of a central location for their, some of their major events and the, you know, the Conrad Thompson's of the world and the Billy Corgan's of the world and, you know, kind of all the other promotions, GCW, they would sort of piggyback that that event as almost like a festival type atmosphere it kind of created this notion of yeah like this is where this is some place wrestling fans like to go and it creates familiarity with that generation of fans where it's like yeah this is a place where if you come here you can you don't just get to see AEW, you can see this 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 and this so it almost becomes like a destination every time one of these major companies decides to do a show there. Um, the one thing that I will say, and I don't think this has to do with CM Punk at all, is that I did find interesting the fact that WWE has straight up from seat to seat sold out the Survivor Series uh, at All State Arena. They are sold out. 
it's 15,000 people. Punk in the radio show even made a joke about that because that was sort of the biggest rumor mill of it all from that interview about the, the way he answered, <laughs> was he going to be at Survivor Series? Right. The listeners were, and the I actually like heard it live. I, it, I just happened to be listening. And they're like, yeah, CM Punk's on. I'm like, wait, what? Yeah, um, and I mean, T- and and Impact Wrestling sold out Mindy's Bakery for the uh, bought Mountain Glory. <laughs> pretty incredible. I get <laughs> that's horrible. He pretty much <laughs> straight out said he wasn't going. Yeah, um, that like I maybe and maybe he'll show up backstage or something like that. He was backstage at Impact, but that doesn't yeah, mean he was. He was, and that's before. not the first time. The last time they were at Cicero Stadium, um, which is a dump, by the way. Um, <laughs> he was. That was when Trinity made her debut. That was that weekend, and that was the one where he and Mercedes Monet, Mercedes Monet was, Mercedes Monet was actually in the crowd. She was just kind of disguised. Yeah, uh, but but Punk was there too. Punk was actually uh, sending autographs well, in the parking lot. Yeah, but here's here's the stuff. difference about that that I find interesting, and I don't know if they needed approval from Monet for this. Is that when he she showed up at All in London, she was featured on camera a lot. Mm-hmm. I don't remember Mercedes Monet featured once on that Bound for Glory show. Not once. No, she was. Uh, yeah, I don't remember if it was Bound for it, Maybe it was Bound for Glory, but she was kind of off to the side of the stage. And I think maybe she was only out for that match. She, she was like off in a corner kind of. And um, I'm sure the people next to her knew who she, who she was. But uh, I don't even know if people in the crowd the, the, besides being around her knew that she was there. It's pretty easy to kind of. I've been to that building once uh, with the kids, and it's like um, it almost looks like kind of like a an old YMCA gym that's mm-hmm. just bigger, and you could hide pretty easily in the bleachers off to the side uh, uh, there without being seen if if everyone's watching the ring. Yeah, but if more people are going to these events at these locations, it's easier to hide, and there's definitely like more people going to the shows. I will say that it does feel like a groundswell. Um, when it comes to the turnout for some of these shows, I know AEW has diminishing returns for their shows in Chicago, but they still get decent turnout. You right. were at the All Out, so you could probably tell. You could probably talk about it that they they still got a pretty good. They crowd still got for... it. They still had about ten thousand. There were a few seats available. Um, it, it's less than the last couple of years. It's going down. It's not just, and part of that, I believe, is collision. Um, at, you know, so now you have two shows. So you're going to be going places more often. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're having five shows a year in Chicago and some are big pay-per-views and some are like dynamite or collision, you're not going to draw as much. Yeah. Even speaking WWE collision, guys, yeah, quickly, speaking of collision, uh, collisions uh, here in my home state this weekend. I think you should go if you can. Um, I would if I was uh, uh, in town, but I am uh-huh. spending this weekend in the birthplace of the greatest sport on the planet, bocce. No, I was going to say um, cricket. <laughs> no cricket. <laughs> no, I am spending the weekend. Oh, yep. uh, I, I will be going to. Uh, I will be in Cooperstown this weekend. That's amazing. Uh, visiting the uh, going with a few with, uh, the doctor actually and a few other of our crew. Uh, I'll be going to the Hall of Fame for the first time in twelve years. So I'm going to see for the first time in person my Piazza's plaque for me personally. Um, my brother, who's a big uh, Yankee fan, wants me to take a picture of, of course, Mariano and uh, Jeter's. I promised Steve a Steve Trout plaque. Sure. <laughs> um, <laughs> Steve Trout, what a what a name from the past. How about that? And uh, Boogie, I'd find you one, but uh, nobody plays baseball in Louisiana. So, um, 
But no. We we do win college World Series though. You do. I'll find <laughs> I'll find a Billy Cannon. I don't know who plays for. I don't know who plays baseball for LSU. Anyway, um, so I will not. But if I was in town, maybe I have a on another episode when we have a little less news newsy stuff and we can kind of stretch out and have some fun. I want to talk about collision as a as a as a event because a lot of people have told me that it's 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 crazy to go to a taping and ha- and and other than that, not much is going on. It's not like going to Dynamite where you've got Dynamite and then you have Rampage. You have Collision and then a match or two, from what I've heard, and then you're done. And it's yeah, very strange. Uh, they they tape Ring of Honor before. But, but that's basically dark at this point. Like a, Pretty yeah. much. Yeah. So, but we'll talk about that another day. But, uh, yes, if I was in, if, if I was in my, area, my in my hometown this week, my home state this weekend, I, I might have gone. It probably wasn't expensive. I'm not a big fan of Mohegan Sun Arena for much. I've been there for SmackDown. I've been there for concerts, and I've been there for the Connecticut Sun. The um, the acoustics are fucking crap. So for music, it's garbage. Um, so we'll see. But anyway, uh, you guys were talking about collision and, and sights and stuff. Um, I don't know. It was just a question I wanted to ask you, Reach, because Steve and Nate and I have talked about it ad nauseum for for numerous episodes. <laughs> Yeah, and and the only thing I'll finish off with is that I think even WWE is learning the lesson because we – now, granted, the, the places they're going to are out, out of the country, okay? Uh, right. But they just announced – well, one was actually officially announced that they're going to do a pay-per-view in Berlin, Germany, and there's a lot of talk that they're probably going to do one in France, you know, which uh, is – I have an update on that. That was actually my next news story, Boogie. I'm glad you segued that because yeah, I, go have, for it. Yeah, I have an update on that. So I heard it is because I got an interesting thing about the WWF, WWE in there and the sites, because before I mention this, let's think back. Now, last year, WrestleMania was in L.A. And then this or this the earlier, I shouldn't say last year, this past year. or Let me say that again. Earlier this year, WrestleMania was in uh, L.A. at uh, SoFi and SummerSlam, where Steve and I were at, was in Detroit. The three pay-per-views in between you had. Backlash, which was in Puerto Rico, you had um, whichever one was was it Super Showdown? One of the 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 the, the first Saudi show. I don't yeah, remember the Saudi which one. Show. Super Showdown, or the fuck it's called, because Crown Jewel is what next weekend. Yeah. And then Money in the Bank was in London, mm-hmm. and then we had SummerSlam in Detroit. So fast forward to 2024, you've got the Royal Rumble, which is in Tampa. Which is a foreign country, yes. Which is a foreign <laughs> Well, if you're a Tampa Bay Rays fan and you walk into the trop, you do feel like you're in another country that's bombed out, that's been destroyed because it's empty. I mean, I mean, I thought the Thunderdome was in Australia. You've seen Mad Max, right? <laughs> I, just watched, I just watched the Mad Max uh, series. All great movies, by the way. Um, yeah, they actually have never a new seen... one coming out soon, yeah. Yes, they are. They're doing a prequel, I think. To, right. I think it's a prequel of the um, – Yeah. What's her it's, face? It's about, Charlie Theron character. It's about Furiosa, and it stars Anna Taylor-Joy. Yeah. So, um, speaking of Australia, the Elimination Chamber is in Perth. Okay. Stay with me. WrestleMania is in Philly. Uh, and, of course, I've been to Philly many times, and some areas of Philly you may think is a foreign country. Um, now, the rumor is at the moment that Backlash is the show that will be in Paris, France. Uh, in wherever, probably the end of, April, end of April, I suppose, or early May. 
Then you've got the next Saudi show. When is that deal up anyway? Never. Um, <laughs> yeah. I think Triple H they has get, his way. They get fifty million. Can't kill it. It's so ten years, I think. Well, I think yeah. it's ten. I think it was ten years. And we're in what year? It Two, started three, in twenty eighteen. Four will be year seven, probably. Yeah. So we still got a few left. Um. Then you got Money in the Bank, which could or could not be somewhere. And then I think SummerSlam will be here in America. But then, as as Steve, as uh, Rich mentioned, August thirty first uh, will be the uh, pay per view in or I'm sorry, PLA. It's a pay per view. I don't give a shit. Um, in uh, in Berlin, Germany. So I'm getting the feeling, guys, not to go off too topic, but we're on it since since Boogie mentioned it. I feel like WWE's new like PLE plan is keep the big four. In North America. And then kind of sprinkle the secondaries here and there. NXT is never leaving the country. As a matter of fact, I'm going to deadline in December in Bridgeport. A few of us are. Um, I just got freebies from my girl that works at WWE. <laughs> but um, uh, so NXT is never not going in America. So the NXT shows will always be in North America, whether it's Canada or the U.S. So I feel like, guys, that WWE's new thing, and, and I bet you Endeavor is probably, I think Mr. Emmanuel is uh, is kind of, you know, nudging this along too. Because I think I think UFC wants to kind of broach some, some international markets. Mm-hmm. Do not be surprised if the next night after the Berlin show, which is probably a, let me see what day of the week that is. Um... I don't want to speak out of turn, so give me a minute. Uh, let's see. It is okay. It's a Saturday. All right. So then, probably, would not be surprised, guys, if either the Friday night before or the Sunday, UFC tries to do a show in Berlin. Now, I've noticed because somebody said to me because a lot of the discussion people talk about is why can't there be a WrestleMania in London? Never going to happen. Sorry, never going to happen. Love my UK, our UK listeners, and I love my my UK crew. You know, Ben Locke, Rory McNamara, and of course my number one, Callum McDougal, the kettle man. But there will never be a WrestleMania in, in the UK. I'm sorry, it's not going to happen. You are not going. You can get. You can make a decent amount of money, but you will. You cannot shut out the North American market out of a WrestleMania. WWE will just not make the money in the UK that it can make here. Not that many people are going to travel. Number one, flying is, is a bitch anyway. Do you think that many people are going to fly to London? And everything's going to get elevated there. So my take is I think WWE is going to keep the big four in North American markets, whether it's Canada mm-hmm. or the U.S., and, dis- and kind of sprinkle the secondary shows to other areas. There was a rumor. It's been pulled, but they, I'm pretty sure there was a rumor that they wanted to do an, a pay-per-view in India, which is a Go huge WWE that. market. They make a killing in India. That's my thinking. That's my theory. And I, I want us to I want us to kind of keep an eye on this over the next several, you know, next few months here on the show as the, as 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 details come out about WWE's 2024 pay-per-view schedule. But you've already got two confirmed out of, well, four technically, the two Saudi shows, whenever those are. And now you've got a pay-per-view in Australia and a pay-per-view in Germany and a rumored strong 
pay-per-view in France. And that's my that's my thinking because they will never put a big show out one of the big four outside of the US. I mean they even sent money in the bank to to to, to London. Cuz they can get away with that. But you will never see I don't think you'll ever see a SummerSlam or you're definitely not going to see a WrestleMania. But I I don't know if you'll see a SummerSlam or a Royal Rumble. Maybe a Survivor Series. Maybe. But I don't think you'll you will see a Rumble, a WrestleMania or a SummerSlam ever outside North America. It's too you know we need to, to too have much tourist we, money. We need to have an event in Fight Island. We need a WWE event at Fight Island. Where was that? <laughs> the oh, uh, Fire the Island? Co- the, the co- Fire no, 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 no. No, the one, that, the one that the, yep, the one that Dana White where he got an island th- through Endeavor so that he wanted he it for COVID. Yeah, during COVID he oh, could just have right, fights. right. That's right. And they never said where it was. I, I'm pretty sure it was in Saudi Arabia or it was in the Bahamas. I remember that. I was thinking <laughs> about that controversy. Remember the guy wanted to do that fucking concert with all the tents? It was going to be like a zillion dollars. And they were pretty Firefest. much. Just, yeah, with all the. And it was pretty much fucking pup tents with, with, with ham and cheese sandwiches. These people were expecting escargot and fucking, you know, Cristal champagne. And they were getting like, you know, wine coolers. <laughs> anyway, um, what are your thoughts on that, Steve? That talking about sites, I think this is WWE's modus operandi going forward with Endeavor. I think keep so the big, too. Keep the big and three in the North America and sprinkle the secondaries out to other places. I, I think so too, and I think it's a fantastic idea on many fronts. Um, with a small caveat that you don't keep repeating the same places each year. Mm-hmm. You, if you skip some of the, you know, if you go around do five or six different places a year and shuffle them over many years, I mean, there's such like, I mean, Puerto Rico, that backlash is one of the best shows I saw all year round, right. not yep. because necessarily because of the in ring, but I've never seen, and I know we talked about this, like a crowd like that before. And I mean, part of it was Bad Bunny being there in his home territory. Right. literally home territory and uh it, it was just electric and then you know it's pretty, like with money in the bank and then all in you know the london fans were incredible uh yep. what was your other one that had uh was it seamus and walter and oh, yeah that clash was the um yep that was clash, in, clash in, in, uh, canceled Leo. that crowd clash was incredible canceled. yeah yep. well, i i uh, think it's okay. genius i also think it does the opposite of what we were saying with AEW about using the same places a few times a year. You're not going to be in the same, you know, LA is not going to be getting a major pay-per-view like either SummerSlam or WrestleMania every year. Then you can move it around. And when you're going and doing these big shows every three or four years at a location, as opposed to every year or every two years, you're building up the uh, excitement amongst the locals and then you'll probably have more travel, too, because you can then get to more of the United States shows. And, you know, some people go around to a lot of the shows, but you can make it more appointment, mm-hmm. um, you know, you know, like kind of more of the, the trips and make a big deal about it when it is in the States. I think it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's been proven because the crowds are incredible and the attendance has been incredible. Yeah. So that's my that's my thinking in terms of that. I think yeah. that more Latin America. Out- I think it was Cultaholic, I think, is what I saw today. 
uh, mentioned about the internal schedule and that backlash is rumored to be in Paris. Mm -hmm. Um, I just can't see. I mean, listen, I I think. Excuse me, AEW doesn't have like a set thing right now, so having their WrestleMania, which is all in. In London is perfectly fine because they that's just you know they can they can get away and with that kind of thing. They've already booked to go back there in twenty four. They're right. already booked. So and I don't think they should do all out a week later. I think that was fucking dumb. So uh, um, we'll see if they do that again. But here's the other thing with AEW. AEW is doing a, is not. I understand that AEW is trying to, but I just realized tonight they're in, or last night they were in Philly. Mm-hmm. But they weren't at the first Union Center or the Wells Fargo Center. They were at the Lyacora Center. They were playing. They were th- their show was in the building Temple plays in. So oh wow. Let, so is is the is the the evidence there that maybe the attendance is starting to slip? Because WWE still goes to the big buildings, but why can't if AEW is so? And listen, I'm not an, I'm not a hater. This is just a fact thing. I'm not I'm not making shit up. If AEW didn't have an attendance problem, then why aren't they at the Wells Fargo Center last night? Or no, because they have a, I mean, they have an attendance problem. It, it is dropping. There's you, yeah. There's no argument yeah. there. Um, um. So I'll be part of the to be fair department. <laughs> okay. And no, and, please, uh, please. and that's that's all right. And try to uh, cry the blues and make excuses for Anthony Khan because if you're getting paid by a WWE lady, I got to get paid by a w- an AEW guy. Um, that is true. That's the biggest. That's the biggest reveal of this podcast episode that Scott gets paid off by a WWE. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably not. Which really is funny because it's me, but because there's always <laughs> been these. There's always been this funny discourse of like, oh, you know that Dave is paid by you know Tony and this one, <laughs> you know Sean Sean Ross Sapp is paid by. WWE. That's why he's got so many insiders. But no, is RVD still Willie the Worker? (laughs) 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 Brett Lauderdale. I mean, he's been selling weed for Rob Van Dam for years. Everybody knows that. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) um, But anyways, I will say this about the um, the venue part. Yes, they've had a couple of times where they'll go with the bigger one instead of the smaller one. Usually in the summer when the uh, hockey and the NBA franchises are not in those arenas doing games almost every other, like twice a week or whatever, and it's Correct. easier to book them out. So I'll give them that. Um, it is fair to say, though, that when they go to those bigger places, like I know they went to the Capital One Arena in Washington, D.C. Yes. not too long ago, and they it looked empty. Like it was very – it was it wasn't as bad as like when uh, – Herb Abrams tried to do that pay-per-view in Las Vegas and it looked like a- <laughs> oh, But it it is scary. It is scary when you look at some of those side angles off the hard camera side and you just see the just like the, the sea of empty seats. I went to a SmackDown in, in New Orleans and that was right around the time leading up to SummerSlam where the product was hot, the bloodline was the hot angle, and people were watching and people were liking it. And I can still see empty seats. I can still see uh tarp and that's normal. I think that Wrestling just isn't – it's not Taylor Swift era's tour. It's not this type of – it's not the NFL. It's not the type of thing where it has a magic touch and you're going to sell out every single arena that you announce it in unless it's a SummerSlam, a Royal Rumble, or a WrestleMania. And I I will say this, but hold your thought. Hold your thought for a minute. Mm -hmm. I want to interject because you're right about – I I am going to give AEW their due here. When they are at a bit – when they're at a specialty venue – 
because two straight years, uh, Mr. J. Arsenio D'Amato went to Grant's, the, the one at the tennis center here in Queens. Arthur Ashe, yes. Arthur Ashe, where the U.S. Open is. The Grand Slam dynamite or whatever the fuck they call Smaller it. Smaller crowd every time, yes. But although it does fill up, it is it, it does get very full. There, the, He said the place was... was so AEW does make out at these when they do these specialty venues. But right now, on a week-to-week booking basis, um, the venues are struggling. But AEW, like in a couple of weeks, at uh, the Forum, my beloved Forum, Full Gear will probably have a good crowd. Mm-hmm. Full Gear will have a good crowd. Um, and the card... And we'll obviously when we get closer in a couple weeks, we'll we'll preview full gear, um, you know, and no disrespect to the but is MJF. And Jay White, like a, a, a building filler. No. Will it be a good match? Probably. But Jay White's one of those guys. You either absolutely love him or you fucking hate him. He's very polarizing, even in his new even when he was in New Japan. Very polarizing. Um, probably AW has right now. And, and I mean, we don't want to go down this rabbit hole because we have other stuff. They're the one they've they've been bit with the injury bug way more than than WWE. Um the worst thing, the worst injury right now, besides Jamie Hayter, which we'll talk about in a little bit, the worst injury in, right now was Adam Cole. Because yeah. him and him and MJF were scorching. That was a great storyline. And it was very organic turning MJF babyface without even trying. And and then he got hurt, and and I loved Adam Cole, but he's he's brittle. He's another brittle one. And it was stupid. I know we've talked about this before, but I will not stop talking about how stupid it was that yeah. he leapt off the stage, right? Uh, you know when he could have just yeah, it was just. And if you it, read the report right, it sounded like he broke both of them, like two separate. Either yeah. that, or he got operation on the same one because of pins. But like really, like you broke your ankle doing that. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it was uh, he had a I mean, he had a good amount of speed going, and it was a pretty decent drop, right? You know, like it, it was probably a. It's a, like when you it's like when you're like when you were a kid and you were jumping over the gate like the fences with your friends to like run away from something or a dog, and you take the drop and like, whoa, that was way bigger than I thought, and then yeah. you hurt yourself because you didn't anticipate it. <laughs> right, you know. So we're gonna keep an eye on this. This is a great topic. That we'll cover over the, you know, yeah. throughout the and, the... and the last part I'll say is that they've done those um, college basketball-specific venues quite a few times. So the LaCourse or whatever you called in Philadelphia, they booked that many times. When they yep. do Orlando, they don't do the Amway Center. They do um, the one where the U- UCF Knights play. That's where Revolution took place. There is also a new moratorium that WWE put in place as a counter where they cannot announce the new the next location more than 60 days after WWE's been in it. So there's a couple of like, there's a couple of roadblocks there. So, you know, I know Tony Khan would probably get on his phone and bitch and moan about how unfair it all is and how WWE's trying to like push them out and blah, 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 like title Tuesday and everything. At the end of the day, it's business and you just have to overcome it and you have to find your audience whatever way possible. And even though there are some roadblocks put in the way for AEW, it is true that they're they're having an attendance problem and they're starting to kind of look for uh, look for things that make every weekly event feel big, which is a Vince McMahonism. Vince always wanted to make every event 
feel like the biggest event of all time. So what do we do on a random Saturday collision in Uncasville? Let's have MJF versus Kenny Omega and have no hype about it. Like, yeah. oh, Philadelphia, Philadelphia, we need to get to 5,000. We've been having just 3,000 for the last three straight dynamites. What do we do? Let's have Kazuchika Okada in a tag match and not hype it at all. Like, that stuff bothers me. Yeah, right. hype it on a, a, your least watch show every, you know, your Battle of the Belts, which barely anybody it watches. Goldberg, Hogan, Atlanta, Georgia yep. Dome thing. And then, which, was, which was a different beast because, well, that was a different beast because Bischoff didn't give a shit about making money. He wanted to. And the fan base was ex- exponentially bigger. Steve made a great point when we were talking about the ratings of Title Tuesday that if you look at the rating of AEW versus NXT that night, if you combine it, that's the raw audience. So it's not like you're dupe. It's not like you're growing the fan base. So WCW was getting these huge ratings every week, and Raw was getting these huge ratings every week, and there was a good chance they weren't. They didn't have the same fan bases. You're not getting that now in wrestling. It's the same people. So when you have them on the same night, you're splitting them apart. You're not going to grow the fan base. Period. And listen, people make fun of Impact, uh, you know, for being Impact, but they go to the Lyakura Center. Now, do they draw less than than AEW? Yeah, they probably do. Oh my but god, they're yeah. the same building. <laughs> so, um, one thing about um, you know, there's a couple of topics that were mixed in there that I wanted to hit on. Yeah. Um, with the MJF Kenny Omega thing, um, which was announced on Wednesday, mm-hmm. there's a storyline reason for it that MJF is, if he wins, he will surpass Kenny Omega's run with the belt. You know, the streak. It's going to be. It's Slightly less than a year right now. How so? I get they're going to do that match. That makes sense. It's a it's a built in story. However, build that up over a month. Mm-hmm. Build that up over a month, as opposed to three days. Right. You know, there was like a little kind of thing that MJF and Kenny Omega, you know, did backstage to to kind of say, hey, you know, I'm catching up to you. But then there, there was no match. No one thought a match was going to happen. So on Wednesday, like, hey, our next big show is in three days. Tune in because MJF is going against Kenny Omega, which could easily be an all out main event. And it's going to be a collision, which will be watched by half a million people, depending yeah, on what the college mean, football game is. I know it's it's hard to like differentiate between preaching patience and striking while the iron's hot and some people say oh man you gotta this angle is really hot you gotta like you gotta you gotta like top it off right now because it won't like that that would have been the case with adam cole and mjf if an injury hadn't happened where it's like you can't keep this going this long you're gonna have to blow it off at some point but with mjf and kenny omega i do agree like this one feels a little carny where it's like okay, we just need something to really circle the wagons and like sell some tickets for the show and have something to talk about because we're losing traction on social media. Like I, that, that's the one that really kind of like gets on my nerves. Now, at the end of the day, we're getting great wrestling out of AEW and the counter programming on WWE is, is, it is what it is. You know, we're going to have a lot of time to talk about it on this episode, but um, three, I, three I feel like AEW- on, on SmackDown last week, uh, I, I told I'll Andrew. give you a wild Three stat, matches. though. I will give you a very wild stat. On NXT, they had, on the first night of Halloween Havoc, because they split up into two, and the next one is coming up. They had 44 minutes bell-to-bell of women's wrestling on NXT. It's amazing. That's crazy. Like, that's, pro- I would almost call that progressive. <laughs> Not flow. 
like, <laughs> like, like, actually, like, wow, I have never seen a show actually, like, um, emphasize their women's wrestling that much. And I know some people would say, yeah, well, do those, are those wrestlers really good? Who fucking cares? Like, at least you're giving them a chance, you know? Yeah. And, uh, well, most of the men's, like, that was the main event. And a good crosser. And, then, and I'm starting to like this now. Like, this is another thing I love about Triple H. He lets, like, he, he doesn't care if, like, other promotion wrestlers show up and visit. Because, uh, uh, obviously, Lyra Valkyra, is that how you pronounce her name? Is the new women's champion. We can, it's been 48 hours, we can spoil it. Um, is the new women's champion. She beat Becky Lynch. And who was backstage congratulating her? Her fellow Irishman, Irish woman. Killer Kelly, one half of uh, her and uh, Masha Slamovich. Oh, cool, so, cool. So that was very cool. I think Triple H likes that stuff. I think he wants to cultivate. I mean, yes, he wants WWE to be number one. He should he should want WWE to be number one. But I don't think he's going to be a big of a dick like Vince was back back in the in the in those days. I think he I think he likes the and I think I think uh, Emmanuel I think will like that. I can't note it. Just a side point, Boogie. I'm just going to say Emmanuel because it makes me want to say Rom, and then I hear Steve grit his teeth. So I'm trying to. <laughs> I'm just saying Emmanuel. I I um I said the same. I did the same thing when we talked about it on the uh, AEW show about the Vince selling it. I, I, I called I, I called Ari Emmanuel Rom because oh, of, okay. you know listen like the thing about I, we don't have to get too deep into the weeds <laughs> about the corporate well, makings up of Endeavor and privatizing it and you know Triple H is knighted as the head of creative Vince is out of the mix even though he's the owner I'm not getting into all that stuff because it's too complicated but at the end of the day Ari Emanuel was an agent he was like a renowned agent and so mm-hmm. was Nick Khan at CAA if there are people there are two people that know how to manipulate an audience and how to manipulate a situation to look favorable to them it's Ari Emanuel and Nick Khan so if he was the one who just floated out this like fake story of like yeah Vince is out of creative because Ari Emanuel thinks he's not he he's not up to snuff with the modern time so he, he's gonna let Triple H do it and he did and it makes the fans happy and it gives it puts good favor for him it's just another like chess match of like how are we gonna what can we do to curry the fans' favor without actually giving them any proof of what's actually going on? You well, know? that part <laughs> I have to say that part I think is there is stuff I think like that boogie, but I think that's true because uh, because Ari Emanuel has said that the that the stock has people don't want him around. It has nothing to do with his creative because ninety percent of the stockholders could give a shit what Vince is doing with shows. They just, he's just, he's tainted. He's, 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 uh, he's damaged goods. And, you know, the Snidely Whiplash mustache doesn't help. So, uh, yeah, and being, and being investigated by the federal government for, you it's know, not help. For, like, if for, by, for SEC violations is really, really, really bad. Yeah, of and course. paying off all these women. I mean, that, that's still, that's never going to go away, whether he likes it or not. But anyway, that's a different, you're right. I, I, that's a rabbit hole. We don't, nobody. We could talk about that forever. We don't have to. It's yet. not, it doesn't matter. It, we're, we're, we're a bunch, we're, you know, it's, we're not in the know when it comes to the fiscals. But anyway, so, um, Bound for Glory, since we're talking about <laughs> <laughs> um, this, so the, the one that's, she, well, I actually like it because I, I like this kind of free, uh, free, Right. Little conversation. Well, I, I, I here's, a lot. here's our here's our surprise guest on the podcast, the narrator of TNA who just got rehired. <laughs> yes. Um, 
I was very happy to see Mike Tanay uh, go into the Hall of Fame and uh, Miss, uh, you know, Miss Kaz- Mrs. Kazarian going into the Hall. I was surprised um, about that one, to be honest, but I- I'm fine with it. She is a lifetime knockout, though, Steve. I mean, she's yeah. like one of the, she's, she's like an OG the, knockout. She is an OG. And I loved her. She was I, I always thought she was hot. Um, and uh, well, formerly with your listen, buddy, Phil. Yeah. And, and also, it's a it's a good reason to nominate three things in one. Mm-hmm. Right. And Mike Tanay did a nice. I heard he did a nice. They did a nice. No, I'm not talking about Mike Tanay and Don West. I'm talking about Tracy Brooks. I know, <laughs> I know but Don. I listen. Don Don West is, was also an OG, and, and it was sad. It, it's yeah, sad. It sad. And, that uh, that could have been done earlier. Um, yeah, I um I did buy one or two brown bag specials. I'm not gonna lie. Um, I got a terrible Jeff Hardy T-shirt and an even uglier Kevin Nash doll. But I did do a brown bag special. I did get some good DVDs out of that though. Um. So obviously some of the big some of the big stuff that happened before they went to the UK, which is where they are this weekend. Because um, if you're listening to this Friday, when it drops, Turning Point is tonight. Um, it's not live on the plus. It'll be a P plus uh, special, I think, in a month or three oh, weeks. That Something. makes sense because they want to do the TV tapings right first. Yeah. So. So uh, I think Turning Point won't drop on Impact Plus for like three weeks or something. Anyway, uh, obviously some of the big stuff. Uh, Alex Shelley retained the TNA, the uh, Impact. Listen to me. I already, I already did it. The Impact Wrestling World Championship. Uh, he defeated Josh Alexander, which stunned me. I'm not going to lie. Stunned me. I'm happy because on this show, I called. Alex Shelley was going to eventually become the World Heavyweight Champion. You did? And Nate laughed at me. And guess who's laughing now? This guy. Um... Uh, Trinity defeated Mickey James. Uh, I love Trinity to death. It's a pretty good match. It was, it was less of a scumbag husband, but I love Trinity. Um, uh, but let's talk about this match. Um, Mike Speedball Bailey, who I had the honor of seeing live against Alex Shelley a year ago in Dallas. Um, that match was fucking amazing. Just want to let you know. I wish you were there, Steve. You would have loved it. The match was amazing. Um, taking on probably the biggest free agent in 2024, Will Ospreay. And there is no argument possible against him not being wrestler of the year. With the Should amount... So, so, P- so PWI 500 2024, will Will Ospreay be number one? Um, I don't see why we, how he's not. Because it's PWI, maybe not, but the matches that he has had this year with, uh, with Bailey here, um, uh, Zach Sabre uh, a week ago, I haven't seen that one yet. It's not up. Uh, that was New, New Japan, Japan, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was, yeah, New Japan, but in England, so it's not up yet. Um, there's a five-star match with Yoda Suji, who's basically a rookie. He had uh, a match with Shingo during Rev Pro. Like, these are all matches that are eight and a half to ten. Um, Naito versus Osprey um, during the G1, which right now is my front runner for match of the year, for me personally. So you had, like, you know, the couple matches in G1, Right. You had the, the two Omega matches, not just one. You had the one at Wrestle Kingdom. Yep. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I now, think the um, unbelievable. I think one of 
yeah, I know we never got to talk about it because I wasn't here for that that discussion. I thought the Forbidden Door match that Kenny and Will had was the best one-on-one match in AEW history. <laughs> amazing. Amazing. Yeah. Totally amazing. Uh, who did he wrestle the next night? Uh, the night of uh, Sunday, last Sunday, Steve? Uh, Josh Alexander. Right. We haven't seen and, that. No, we haven't seen that yet, but... but you know, that's probably ridiculous. Yeah, I, I, Osprey said it was amazing. Um, he and it was more not biggest... not a talking himself up, talking right. Josh Alexander up. Right. Um, overall, the show seemed uh, pretty solid. Uh, the next pay-per-view... It's not Turning Point. There's probably one more before the end of the year. I don't know what, but Impact doesn't... Impact, they kind of go point by point. But the big thing I want to talk about mm-hmm. was the big announcement at the end. I am thrilled with this news. I'm probably one of like eight people. But I don't understand. No, you turned me around on it. Because I, I know you were very... You, you, were, you were... I was just kind of I, like, when I said it to you, you gave me that very un-Steve Willie-like wrestling snob douche. And I'm like, Steve, are you drunk? <laughs> no, it was more like... Like, this isn't going to move the needle at all. Like, I'm not, I wouldn't, like, oh, this is a horrible idea. But it's just like, really? Like, is this going to do anything at all? Right. Um, The big announcement by Scott Demore at the end of the show, as of January 13th, which is the first big show of 2024, Hard to Kill, Impact Wrestling is going back to TNA. And... Maybe I've decided to just stop being a miserable bastard. Um, I know that's entertaining to most listeners, but um, I am thrilled with this. I am thrilled. Good for them. I hated the fact that the promotion and the main and their show, their big show, were the same name. I, I don't know. That bothered me. That's like saying it's not called WWE. The promotion's called Raw and the show's called Raw. Like that's mm-hmm. I just think that's stupid. So my question is, and, and this is not you guys. I'm not saying that. I know, Steve, you were half kidding. but And Boogie, I'm, I'm sure I'm looking forward to your, to your opinion. Why are people being such dicks about it? <laughs> I'm just going to be blunt. What the fuck is everybody's problem? Why, are, why is everybody so angry or so, like, fucking snotty about it? Who cares? I'm pumped for them. Good for them. That's their identity. That's what their identity was when they had all the... The guys making the big money, the Stings, the Joes, the Kurtz, the Hardys, the Booker T's, the fucking, the AJ's, the, like, when they, when they were in their peak in the 2000s, when everybody loved them to fucking death, until Hogan and Bischoff came in 2010, and, but, but that's when everybody fucking loved them, from 2005 to 2010. They may have been better than WWE at times. So they decided to bring back the identity that apparently everybody loved, and now everybody's being a fucking asshole about it. I think where I get stuck is just partially because of our show. <laughs> because <laughs> now TNA, you know, we did all of those reviews, and TNA in my head is Vince Russo and midgets and garbage cans. Yeah, and same. that. Ticket Sarah Lee, the ticket lady, and Disco Inferno, and Mike. You know that's what is TNA to me. Um, I I agree and I disagree. It's unfair. No, I yes, yes, it is unfair. But I'm glad you admit it, Steve, because most won't. I consider that TNA the block TNA. 
the NWA TNA. Mm, okay. When I think of, quote, TNA, I think of 06, 07, when they split off from the NWA, when Christian Cage was champion, and we got that sweet-looking belt, one of my favorite world title mm. belts of all time, that one that's all with, like, the had, like, the thing sticking out of it. It looked like, a, I don't know, squiggles or whatever. I don't know. Um, squid tentacles or whatever the fuck it was. But, It yes, was actually Jeff Jonathan Gresham. Jeff, yeah, Jeff Hardy ruined it because his belt was fucking ridiculous. But, so... When I think of that TNA, the homophobic fucking garbage douchebag Vince Russo not looking like he's bathed in weeks shit that we that we watched, I think of the block letter TNA in that stupid fucking tent. But I feel like once we got to the actual impact zone and the show itself started in 2005, that's the TNA I think of. But but Steve, your 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 thinking is not unwarranted. I'm just saying I'm kind of spreading, splitting the, you know, kind of separating the waters here, sure. like Moses, parting the Red Sea. Boogie, what are your thoughts on the changing of the brand? Yeah, that, that brand. That's that was the word I was thinking. Just that, you know, as like the main point of what I was going to say. Um, that, you know, there's two big thing, big sides to it. Number one, just like we were talking about with WWE, at the, you know, now that you have people who are really like well versed in business acumen of okay you have to diversify your portfolio so let's do different strategies to try to make sure that we can stay popular we don't retread the same places too many times and we can create new characters and such and such and then we can put money behind it in order to um maximize profits and that's what businesses do and when you have new corporate overlords they're just going to go with the business strategies that work the business strategy that that um, the owners, I don't, I don't even know what it, I guess you could call, I guess Anthem is still the owner of Impact Wrestling slash TNA. Correct. Um, yes, yes. Yeah. The, I guess the idea here is brand recognition, brand recognition and being able to profit off of your library. And, you know, and the other side of it, which has more to do with like the wrestling fan base and, you know, the sort of the um, stereotyping of what TNA represented, like Steven, it's hard. For, let's be honest. It's hard for all of us to escape that when we really wanted something good, when we felt like WWE was going on the downturn after they bought WCW and they had no competition. We wanted TNA to be what AEW is, and it wasn't. Let's be real. And it, 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 I, some people felt really jaded. They felt like a lot of opportunities were missed for more than a decade. Right. But the truth is, you, you can, it's okay to run away from your mistakes. You can't run away from your past. And the thing with TNA, it's there. It's there. I, it's the same thing with Tony Khan that I absolutely hate about what they've done with Ring of Honor. Like, they, it's like they run away from what Ring of Honor was. Uh, by trying to make something different out of Ring of Honor and turning it into a totally un like unrecognizable brand. No, you should have just left it alone and kept in this one pocket on the shelf, you know, and you can just promote it as historical background if you, just the same way WWE does with all their tape libraries. With TNA, it's unique because that there's a lot of things that you still see on the impact roster. Granted, there's a lot of older names, but there are people there that were with TNA from like 2004 and 2005. Like there's a legacy there. So you don't have to run away from it. Now, can you omit the bad parts? Yes. But 
I don't think it's the worst. I, I don't think it's a bad idea at all. And you could see by the hits on YouTube and Twitter that it got a lot of traction. It was probably the most popular thing from that Bound for Glory thing in a show that had Will Ospreay versus Speedball Mike Bailey. Mm-hmm. So it did the trick from a marketing standpoint. To finish my point, it did the trick. So mm-hmm. I, I salute them for that. They, they, they've got my, you know, it's like the Leo DiCaprio meme. Now you have my attention. And people will be paying attention to hard to, for hard to kill, which I think is in Las Vegas. Uh, so maybe they'll have different residencies. Um, I went to an impact show in 22 and what they like to do is they just kind of like barnstorm the same area for like a weekend or two. And then they just kind of jump to the next place. Um, and they have a headquarters in Memphis, but they also like to go to Canada and they do well in the UK when like, like they are right now. So they, they have their spots where they do well, but they know their lane. And they stay in their lane. They don't try to overreach the way Dixie Carter tried to. So, and like to finish this whole meandering TED talk, they are going to do better as a as a company by having TNA associated with it because they're going to be able to promote their TNA stuff uh, more. For, for people to get their streaming services and to watch their stuff and be able to. Um, to slap a logo on it now very exciting here because and you're right boogie a hard to kill is uh at the palms casino resort in in uh in vegas and there's already two matches so this must be the this is the next pay-per-view this is the next official pay-per-view um because the last one technically was bound for glory and there's already two matches set uh trinity will defend the knockouts title against Jordan Grace. Grace, Mm -hmm. uh, because she won the Call Your Shot this weekend. And Alex Shelley will be defending the world title against Moose. Moose is cashing in his uh, Feaster-fired briefcase. Is this um, a a traditional Impact pay-per-view, or is this one of the, um, you know, Impact Plus? Oh, is this one that we have to pay for? Yeah, I I don't know the answer. I think... Well, here's the description on Wiki. It says the two, the 2024. I know it's Wiki, but the 2024 Hard to Kill is an upcoming professional wrestling pay per view prevented produced by Total Nonstop Action Wrestling. It will take place on January 13th, 2024, at the Palms Casino Resort in Paradise, Nevada, and will be the fifth event on Hard to Kill. This will also be the first non one night only pay per view. They keep saying pay per view under the original Total Nonstop Action brand since Bound for Glory in 2016, as the company rebranded as Impact Wrestling in 2017. The company name will revert to TNA starting with this event. So I think, I think this is a regular pay. I think this will be a like a fight TV pay pay per view. So it'll probably be forty bucks. Um, is that what Bound for Glory was? Uh, Bound for Glory was thirty, I believe. Okay, thirty so or forty. Probably, one of the this two. This will probably be this will probably be thirty two. Um. Uh. So probably. Now I think it's smart. Um. Obviously, uh, Turning Point is something else. That'll be a... That'll be Impact Plus. Yeah, It will be a turning point in the Mm. company. Ah! (laughs) Ah! Um, So, let me see. So... I'm going... I'm on the the other page. Why don't we just... Why don't we just call it the Big Bang? (laughs) That'd be awesome. So turning point, so turning point, it, it will be an Impact Plus exclusive. It says October twenty seventh, but it's it's going to air 
sometime down the line. Then November 11th is Throwback Throwdown 4 at the Oh, that's John their Koloff comedy. Arena. What's that? That's their uh, comedy podcast or comedy show. Yeah. It's, where they uh, like all play the characters. Mississauga, Ontario. So after Turning Point, they're done for the year until Hard to Kill. Now, look for this way, Steve. In 2023, there were three fight pay-per-views. Multiverse United. Um, the Down Under Tour. And, oh, wait a minute. No, yeah. And what's the white? Oh, this is weird. Okay, hold on. Oh, oh, I got it. I'm sorry. I'm looking at the I'm looking at the color code on uh, on Wiki. So, Hard to Kill, Rebellion, Slammiversary, and Bound for Glory were the pay-per-views. Multiverse United, Down Under Tour, and Multiverse United Two were the fight pay-per-views. Fight exclusive. Mm-hmm. Everything else was on plus. No surrender, sacrifice, under siege, against all odds, emergence, victory road, turning point, and this throwback throwdown thing. Those are all on plus. Three shows are specifically just for fight. And then the big ones, Hard to Kill, Rebellion, Slammiversary, and Bound for Glory are regular pay-per-views. That's not, that's actually not a bad, that's not a bad business template for your year. In terms of, like, you pay for four, uh, Pay for four impact paper or TNA pay-per-views a year. They're probably 30 bucks. I think it was, I think Bound for Glory was 40, Steve, I think. Yeah, I think that's um, right. Um, so uh, I think that's a good template. But yeah, uh, hard to kill January 13th. And let me tell you something. They'll get buys for that. People will be curious. Mm-hmm. Looks like they'll go back. It looks like they're going back to the red and yellow. Uh-oh. Red and yellow TNA. Oh, no. The new boss. No. Brother. No. <laughs> Yeah, they already squashed one. No six-sided ring. Yeah, that they already squashed yeah, that. Yeah, it's just unsafe. Honestly, and and from what I've heard, it's got nothing to do with the look or the goofiness or whatever. A lot of the guys back in those days said it hurt. It was very yeah, it was very unsafe. The rings were yeah. the, the ropes and, were too tight. The ropes were too tight. You couldn't do a lot of moves because there wasn't enough room to kind of rev yourself up, mm-hmm. and the canvas was a lot harder. It was like wrestling in a phone booth. So it has nothing to do with the gimmick of six sides being stupid. It has to do with the fact that it hurt. Yeah. So, and, I'll, no. and I'll also be real about this. So, so a lot of people always crap on the impact zone. Like, oh, man, Sting, he was like doing promos in Universal Studios for years. So AEW is a far cry from that, you know, and such and such. Let me say this. When Dark was in a very similar sound stage for AEW. And then when they did Ring of Honor, they did them at the same soundstage, and then now they hit the road when Collision started. I, the, I, I sound contrarian here, though. I liked it when it was in those smaller venues that were specific. When NXT does their stuff at full sale, now granted, they have WWE's budget behind them. They can make it look really pretty. You know, they got lights and they got incredible stuff uh, from right. a set decoration standpoint for the NXT shows, even even though the wrestling is always kind of, can be really, really silly and stupid. But I even read a report that Billy Corgan was trying to get a, uh, a, a, a massive improvement on his production scale for his NWA shows. So if TNA wants to kind of up the ante and go to back to a soundstage environment, 
and have a quote impact zone, I would be fine with it. You know, if everything old is new again, that's cool to me. I watch NWA every week, uh, Boogie, as you know. And, Peace and therapy. And since, <laughs> you know, I'm getting a little bit fucking tired of the NWA. <laughs> well, no, um, that hate's different. But that's that's another rant that I, I I'll get a, I'll make Doctor G have to listen to that this weekend on the on our preview special. But um, <laughs> uh, um, the the power the power and he, guess what he did sign a TV deal so Billy got what he wanted. Everybody wants to hate his fucking guts, but he got what he wanted. And there's things about Billy that I don't like, but he's getting a TV deal. But the power dynamic is much better now since uh, post NWA seventy five. The shows do look better. The graphics are better. It's definitely a better looking show. And listen, perception is everything. Mm-hmm. So, and WWE doesn't have to doesn't have to play by the kind of fiscal rules that the rest of us that the rest of the us like I'm a promoter like the rest of these promotions do. It doesn't matter whether NXT is in is in full sale boogie because they're billionaires. They don't have to make money at full sale. They don't have to yeah. fucking worry about ticket sales at full sale. They don't have to care. It's WWE. Yeah, it's ironic. It's ironic too because I've been to a WWE event recently. It looked incredible. I've been to a I've been to an Impact Wrestling show, uh, and in in my opinion, back then that was a year and a half ago. They de- they definitely needed improvement on the production side. I would have to assume they're going to do so by having a little bit bump in revenue with some new interest in in the TNA rebrand. AEW is the one I've never been to. Now you said you have, and Steve has. Like I yes. I think that their production value on television and pay-per-view looks great, but I don't know what the live experience is. Live experience went, is very Steve's good. Steve's been to more than me. Yeah. Um, he's been, Steve's been to pay-per-view. The only thing I've been to is I went to last year, 2022, I went to uh, a Dynamite Rampage taping up here in Bridgeport. Um, it was a couple weeks before uh, Dallas weekend. And... Um, it's a long night. Uh, Rampage. Uh, here's the problem. Uh, Dynamite is great. If you have a good Dynamite, it's a great show. The problem is, is they wait, they, they stall and they kill time. And by the time they start taping Rampage, it's like quarter of 11. Yeah. And, and you're fucking cooked and you're like, well, I'll watch this Friday and you leave. Yeah, that, that's a fair thing to say. That's the problem. Now, Steve's been to pay-per-views, so that's different. I just went a month and a half ago. Me, uh, Dr. G, Mr. Tomato, and Mr. Groomberg went to Victory Road. It was right up the road, haha, in Manchester. I thought the I thought the uh, the atmosphere was fucking great. Now, I know people that went the next night to the 1000 taping and were there empty seats at Victory Road? Yes. Good show. I love Josh. I thought Josh. I, I don't know. I know some people aren't the biggest Steve Macklin fans, but I thought him and Josh Alexander had a great match. The main event was really good. They were hitting the shit out of each other. I just like meat slapping. I like guys playing, you know, going a little snug like Taker, you know. Now, the next night, I know a couple of my friends, uh, these wonderful ladies, uh, went to the Impact taping, the thousand, the 1,000, and people said the place was better. And people who went to both, said that the Impact 1000 had more energy. And I get it. Anniversary, big moment. If they weren't going to switch to TNA that night, this is a good time to do it. Uh, I've been to TNA in the past. I've been to, or Impact in the past. 
And it's a good setting. It's all about the layout of the building, in my opinion. Now, Steve, you said Hoffman yeah. Estates is a piece of shit. Can you put lipstick on a pig in that place? Maybe. There's just nothing around there. Right. Um, and it's just dull. Um, right. It's a G League stadium. Uh, it's where my high school, my alma mater graduates now. Oh. I, there might be, a, I don't know, a monster truck. I, I don't even know what else is there. Um, I really, really liked, and I know why they do it, because sometimes it's hard. People have a hard time getting to the city. Um, I really enjoyed the Wintrust Arena, which is where the um, Chicago Sky play and DePaul Blue Demons play. Uh, they use that for, they do that for their Thanksgiving show, and they did it for Revolution 2020 when they tagged with C2E2, which was absolutely DePaul- Really DePaul should play in a driveway. I'm trying to get my kid to go to DePaul so I can get... <laughs> okay. I want to be able to get into the basketball games and there we uh, go. Go <laughs> the sky games. So let's just... Let's just you know, Listen, but the, the, only, the only reason um, I was even bringing any of that up is like it's almost like the wrestlers, like Adam Copeland going back to AEW and why we have Sting going on this last hurrah. Like It's about the thrill of the crowd and going to an event that always feels special. Now, is any of this in comparison to like... I can't speak to the eighties and attending those events. Cause I was too young to be able to attend those. But like when you were in the nineties and I was going to nitros and uh, Raws, th- that atmosphere does not, it's not compare. And I'm not trying to sound like an old man yelling at cloud. It does not compare to today. Today, it, the, today's wrestling atmosphere as loud and as vicarious and as production heavy as it is, it will not match the energy of when you had all of those people going to Nitro and ECW having these rabid fans. It, it just uh, won't be that. Let, well, let me say this, Boogie. I'm glad you brought this. This is actually interesting. To, and then we'll, we'll get to our last topic. But let me, let, me, let me give you, from somebody who did go to shows in the 80s, okay? The difference between – you're not wrong – I'm not saying you're not wrong, but let me give you a little background. But 90s, 90s is number one. If we're doing a countdown, 90s is number one, 80s is number two, today is number three. Here's the – I don't want to – I love you too much. But <laughs> the, the – here's, the, here's, the, 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 here's the, the caveat to why you really can't rank them. Well, you could rank the 90s and now. The 80s were different because – the Federation era, and this goes for Crockett, probably AWA, any of those promotions, the demo was different. There were more families. There were older people. Um, a lot of kids. I mean, you know, you know, you know, kids in their early teens and 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 not toddlers, but you know, like Yeah. It's like the uh, last episode of MASH. Nobody cares what the demo for the last episode of MASH was. 113 million fucking people watched. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Well, I mean, I went to I went to Superstars tapings at the New Haven Coliseum. I went to house mm-hmm. shows. When Hulk Hogan was coming out, the place fucking exploded. Okay, now most of the Attitude Era was douchebag twenty somethings like Steve and I, mm-hmm. who were fucking we're looking looking like we were in fucking Sublime, like a bunch <laughs> of assholes. <laughs> so of course the crowds were, were hyped up because we were all fucking shit faced, horny as fuck. Like Woodstock '99 without the criminal element, and uh, so yeah, it was, and that's 
And that's subjectivity. Like, you're in that moment saying, it will never get better than this. And there was probably a point at All Out right. 2021 when Brian Daniels and Adam Cole show up back-to-back, and you just see him punk, you just saw CM Punk wrestle his first match in eight years, and you're like, oh my god, it'll never get better than this. Exactly. So you're always trying to capture that lightning, you know? Exactly. I mean, 80s, yes, wrestling in the 80s was very different because there were more parents, there were more younger kids. Um, there were more grandmas who thought it was real. Yeah, I there mean, were more the uh, drunk people jumping the in the ring want, when the exactly, AWA came out. The old ladies found. wanting to slap fucking Arn Anderson in the face, and they're like that. It's crazy. You watch all these. I mean, you look at the crowds like in world. I mean, I watch. I watch. I mean, world class is just gar. Well, world class up until probably mid '86 was was really good. After that, it's all shit. I'm watching '88 right now, and it's in, it's it's incomprehensible. Garbage. I was just interested in the idea that because y'all still are on the ground watching the shows in in person that. Does it still hit different the way it did when it was really great in your eyes that like, you know, I know sometimes if you go to a collision, it feels long. It doesn't feel like you're watching something special. Like when I went to Impact in 22 and it was a no surrender show, it didn't feel special. I felt like I was in a really well attended book reading. Um, but wow. when it <laughs> but maybe because their city sucks at wrestling, uh, but, no, <laughs> but it, you know, it's. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like the difference between going on like a high school football game, which has its um, ha- has its cool little moments there and its special feel, and then going to an LSU football game where it's like, okay, this is different. I feel like I'm in a church, you know. And sometimes I wonder where fans feel that way now when it comes to uh, wrestling events. And I don't think it's weekly episodic television for AEW anymore. It's the pay per views. With WWE, it's hard to say, like, because they are selling out a lot of their venues, and I don't think it's all about the hot, like, how hot the bloodline is and this and, and the judgment. Day. I don't think it has anything to do with it. I wonder if it's just like this. Inf- I saw this really interesting piece uh, that was screenshotted by um, Brandon Thurston, who y'all know, about how um, ticket prices are greatly inflated for the same acts as, like, uh, as 10 or 20 years ago simply because people pay more money to have fun. Did that make sense? Yeah, post-COVID for sure. And I think they had the a name part of it. It was called Funflation. Nice. For, the other right. part of it too, though, is with some of these and eight, like all of these places, I'm, I'm like concerts too, um, as they raise the prices up super high off the beginning and you get your people who are the hard, really hardcore fans, they do this for concerts too, who will throw down like, you know, $1,000 to sit up front. But then what happens is those upper deck seats don't sell. Right. And so they end up, they did this for mania where they had a buy one. Hence the tarp seats. Yes. Um, Towards the end, they did this for like AEW just past week. They did the, they were in Texas and they announced Mystico, the former Sin Cara against Rocky Romero. And which is a huge feud in Mexico. Um, Rocky Romero has been doing a lot of great stuff down there. And they moved like 2,000 tickets after they announced that. But they also had ticket sales going on. And they've been doing a lot more of that now. Like as you get closer and they're like, oh, shit, we have a lot of seats available. They'll do buy one, get one free. Like I said, at Mania this year, they did buy one, get three free, which is 75% off a face. Um, yeah. Because Scott, they wanted a- to fill it. And, and I'm sure they did that at all in, too. I'm sure it was, you know, similar towards the end, getting those, like, seventh-level seats filled. Uh, you know, it, it's just what they kind of do now. Um, I don't even remember what my point was for this, to be honest. No, I, I can wheel it back to Scott about just the idea, like, 
if you if he feels that it's okay to inflate prices in order to feel that same feeling that you had. Like, is it worth it to pay extra to have that same feeling that you had at a, at a wrestling event? If you feel like the show you're going to is something special, but how many quote special events are there anymore in professional wrestling? That's the hard part. Um, those pay-per-views that I've gone to for AEW, even the lesser ones have been fantastic. Um, I like, there's a couple WWE fans, and I'm not going to mention their names, uh, who scoffed at me when I said this, but All Out 2021 was the greatest live wrestling show I've ever attended. Mm-hmm. I've been at WrestleMania 13 and saw Bretton Stone Cold. Obviously, the rest of that show was kind of shit. But you know, I've been to a lot, a lot of shows in my time. I've been to some of the best Ring of Honor shows that have ever been put on. Mm-hmm. That was the best show I've ever been to from top to bottom. There was basically no break. Wait, um, which one? Uh, All Out 2021. Okay. Um, the I had a piece so bad, Scott, that I ran out right after the Lucha Brothers beat the Young Bucks in the huge cage match. And I ended up missing, like, them bringing their kids dressed up in, um, like, their outfits and stuff and celebrating the ring. Because I thought, this might be the only chance I have to go to the bathroom this entire show. Like, it was the, <laughs> it was the punk comeback match. It, it was right. just top to bottom. It was yep. unbelievable. There was that Paul White QT Marshall match. I know. Oh, uh, that was <laughs> was that twenty one? Yes. Or was, was that earlier? No, that was that one. Oh, I All mean, right. that's my five star match. All right. First <laughs> off, all right, but I, I want to confirm while Boogie's sitting here talking about boring shows, you were not in that. New Orleans, okay? You were in West Wego, wherever the fuck mm-hmm. backwoods that is. That's the Alario Center where the Hornets used to practice. <laughs> okay. So why don't we preface that, sir, while you're talking about book reading? <laughs> Seriously. No. I, I haven't um, been to a Raw or a SmackDown since the night the network launched. I um, can't remember the last Raw. And I fell asleep during that show. Um, I fall asleep watching Raw on television. <laughs> the last Raw that I was at live was the Raw... The night after SummerSlam 2017 in Brooklyn. Yeah. SmackDown, I, 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 I know that. Last SmackDown I was at. I couldn't even tell Steve, you last SmackDown. Steve, I, I know Steve talked about that. They had a really weird scenario where there was only three actual matches on the card for the SmackDown that just happened this past Friday, which is like. That's inexcusable. You can't have that many segments on a two hour show. But two hours is just right. And uh, when I went to that SmackDown, they had one dark match after, and it was uh, Gunther and Shinsuke Nakamura. And it was like, oh, that felt just right for an episodic show. Three hours plus warm-up and dark event is just a little too long for a live fan. If it's not it, – because it, it, it's impossible to make weekly programming feel special. It's kind of the circle back from what we were talking about in the beginning with all these different locations. Like you can't go to the same place and say, hey, this is going to be the greatest event of all time, and then go back a month later. No, this one's going to be even greater. You cannot do that. you got to go to different places. you got to try to test out different markets. The, the best live show at this point in my life in terms of amazing moments and amazing atmosphere – um, I have to say was WrestleMania last year in Dallas. Uh, I mean, I got to see, I got, I mean, Stone Cold, uh, coming back and, and, uh, Triple H putting the boots in the ring 
I mean, that's a personal thing for me, but we're talking about me here. Um, you know, Roman and Brock was okay, but, uh, you know, just, and Vince and, and looking all crippled and everything. And just, I mean, Bianca and, and, uh, Becky tearing the house down. Um, just that atmosphere was great. Would I, as a city, JR and I made a good point. Uh, we, we talk about as a city, I don't know if it's a great WrestleMania city. It's too spread out. You can have, we talked about it with Sheriff Pete when he was on the show. Dallas is a very hard place to do Mania Weekend. I'm pumped for Philly because Philly's nice and tight. Everything's close. But that's a different. WrestleMania venues are a different a different beast. But, I mean, I've been to small. I mean, I went to uh, a Raw Saturday night, Night's main event taping in August of 2007 at the Garden. And that Stone Cold Pop was hot. Mm-hmm. So, and I've been to, I've been to just great wrestling shows. I just love live wrestling. I, I don't care yeah. what I watch. Mm-hmm. My favorite, one of my weird favorite moments was when Jay Briscoe won the ROH world title at, at, uh, uh, what do you call it? Supercard of Honor in 2013. And they had their generic shit Briscoe Brothers music and they started, and he changed it up. They started blasting Give Me Back My Bullets by Skinner. I I almost cried. It was fucking great. It was amazing. Yeah, the whole family in the ring was Steen. All family was in the ring. It was fucking awesome. And that was kind of Steen's face turn. Yes. Yep. It was a great, and that was a great show. Got to see Shelton for the first time in a while. I really got exposed to Machine Gun Carl uh, before he just became, you know, fucking yeah. his little pet. So, but um, anyway, it's, it's, I think a lot of it is just in your mind what's a good, fun venue. Right. I, I just miss good, I just love watching good live wrestling. Yeah, um, and people I just don't pay, feel like paying for it anymore. It's just ridiculous. And people, that, and that's the point. I think people are just more willing to pay the premium to enjoy to enjoy what they used to enjoy. And that's just normal consumer behavior. And I think the people who run Impact and TNA slash TNA, they understand that. So they're going to try to create something uh, that, that, that kind of goes towards their interests. And that's why AEW is trying to double down with like, okay, let's just put out as many good matches as we possibly can, which I love Tony Khan. I love having great matches on weekly television. I love having a dynamite where I could see Sting hugging Ric Flair and then the Hardys wrestling the Young Bucks and then Kazucha Okada and Brian Danielson wrestling each other in the same fucking two-hour program. I think it's incredible, but it's also really, like, uh, disorienting (laughs) as an AEW viewer. So, like, sometimes you need to figure out, like, the balance and, you know, like... um. It's like what Triple H had said when he got interviewed when he ran create when he started running creative. Like, you know, some people like different flavors of ice cream, and it, it's okay to like mix up the flavors. And sometimes I wonder if AEW is just trying too hard to double down on the same thing. And it's like, okay, I get it. You really liked you really liked Ring of Honor. You really liked ECW, <laughs> and you really like flippy wrestling. But can we please like can we please try something different? That's why Timeless Tony Storm works. You like, you know what actually, you know what's the one thing that actually makes me laugh the hardest at NXT? It's mm-hmm. Chase University. <laughs> you know why? Because it's stupid. <laughs> but at least you can tell that the people involved in it actually like try to put effort into it. Mm-hmm. My, my, I've been on record one of my favorite things about AEW uh, and something I watch, the only wrestling show I watch weekly is the 10 minute RJ City. Uh, YouTube show Hey EW, uh, it is so funny, and it is. It's like they put a lot of thought in it. Like 
it, it's, it's an interview. And, the wrestlers up, and I know this is not like, an, we're not going to go too deep down that rabbit hole, but RJ said he is just a naturally funny guy. Oh, he's absolutely funny. His comedic chops are phenomenal. He's got like an encyclopedic knowledge of like random old comedy stuff, like bit 70s comedians and, and, type and stuff. And the talents and the talents on the broadcast on that side for WWE, like, like, um, who's the one who's Ricochet's fiance, who's now the, uh, uh um, Samantha Urban? She's phenomenal. Yeah. She's a phenomenal talent. Like, they even showed her in the Logan Paul segment where Logan Paul's trying to bully her into announcing her as the, him as the new U.S. champion if he beats Ricochet at Crown Jewel. I thought that was great. And, you know, they're just finding – my long story short is that there is a lot of young talent that are that's being showcased that are amazing at what they do. And I hope that they don't get kind of lost in the shuffle because there's so many things being thrown at us by – rebrands and all these different programs that they're expanding to for AEW and WWE. And um, I just, I just hope that those really good talents get a chance. That's all. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. So why don't we finish off with uh, my favorite thing, which is bashing lists or loving lists. <laughs> so of course, uh, several episodes ago, me, Nate and Steve uh, went through the 2023 uh, PWI 500, of course, this year's number one was uh, Seth Rollins and The Shield were one, two, and three. So uh, recently released, uh, I guess last week, was the 2023 PWI 250, which is the uh, top 250 women's wrestlers in the world. Uh, a couple of women made it to the top 500. I know uh, Masha Slamovich did. I don't know who else did. I'm sure there was a couple. Uh, Trisha Dora. It was pretty much any – what we kind of figured out in that episode was that it was – any women who were regularly competing in intergender matches. So like right. Trisha Dora was one. Um and mostly like on the indies, like Marsha Slamovich, uh, I think Maki Ito, um, Ali Catch, those are kind of the ones we we noticed. Right. All right. So here's the top. We're not gonna go through the obviously the whole list, but uh we're gonna do the top twenty and then I'll any any women that will will go under twenty and just point out some 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 random names. Number 20. Saya Kamatani. And and like right off the bat, uh, you know, Scott and I and Andrew were not really up on stardom that I'm much. I'm not just, either, yeah. I it, recognize that spot. they've had great yeah, anybody who reads Meltzer knows like we have recognized that there are great matches at stardom for sure. Great. Yeah, it's I would love to get into that uh promotion um i, I would so i just we, we, we just run out of time we were out of yeah time. exactly <laughs> yeah so i will uh saya kamatani is stardom okay 19 mizuki uh mizuki is tokyo joshi pro and ddt and noah which is all kind of that wrestle universe so she she was actually on Dark in April uh, of 2023, but uh, yeah, Tokyo Joshi Pro is where she's more based on. Mm-hmm. Number 18, first one I recognize, the current TBS champion, Chris Statlander. Yeah, good choice. Who I very um, talented. She's awesome. I love her. Moved Came up back a from a ton. ACL. Awesome. Yeah, and and the um, always important to note that this the the dates it's from July to July, so July twenty two to July twenty 
Yep. Um, so yeah, a lot of this was after Chris was back. Yep. Number 17. Miyu Yamashita. Out of Japan. It does a lot of stuff in the United States now. I, I don't think I've seen her live. Um, but but doing looks like a, a, like stuff with Republic of Lucha, which is Pentagon and Phoenix's promotion. Um, some Midwest stuff. Interesting. Black mm. Label Pro, which is like Illinois, Indiana, um, a little bit of Ohio. Um, so, yeah, those are some also from Tokyo Joshi Pro. So been around there. Look, looks more based out of U.S. Um, number 16, Kyrie. Is that as in yes. that Kyrie? Okay. Yeah, Kyrie it's Sane. Kyrie Sane, yeah. Okay. Um, it's been rumored that she's coming back to WWE for quite a long time now. Supposedly, mm. she did a farewell for her last show, either in Stardom or Joshi or wherever it was. Mm. Um, number 15. Former NXT Women's Champion, Roxanne Perez. I believe she's the only NXT. Like, like, I just saw her dressed as Freddy Krueger in a Devil's Playground match. <laughs> yeah. Wow. But um, I also... Also was trained by Booker T, I think. Yes, yes, she is. I yes. always mix her up with Cora Jade, yeah. But yes, I know the difference between Cora Jade and Roxanne Perez now. Eh, but. <laughs> uh, number 14. When she was put on this list, she was with one company. Now she's with another. Jade Cargill. Man, Man, I have of- never. S- I have never seen Booker T say shucky ducky quack quack so fast than when Jay Cargill was on NXT. <laughs> oh, did he really? Yes. <laughs> oh, I love the shucky ducky quack quack. Now, he immediately says it. <laughs> last year, Jay Cargill was five. Yeah, she didn't wrestle as much this year. Oh, though. by the way, they upped it to 250 from 150. Good. They added 100 spots from last year. Last year it was 150. From 2008 to 2017, it was 50. Then 18, 19, and 20, it was 100. Then 21 and 22, it was 150. And now it is 250. All right. At number 13, one half of the Impact Knockout Tag Team Champions, Masha Slamovich, who last year was not in the top 10. I don't have the full list. I only have the top 10 from last year. Yeah, in front of and me. she does GCW pretty much every show as well. Um, she was 14th last year, so it just moved up a spot. She moved up a spot. At number 12, as we heard, one of Andrew Reesha's favorites, Tony Storm, who last year I don't think was on the list. Well, uh, 25. 25, okay. Um, I think she might be higher next year because, Scott, you would love the character she's doing right now. She is very likely to be wrestling for the women's title at full gear in Los Angeles. Yeah, I, and I think probably will win. Yeah, I think so too. I love her. I love her Sunset Boulevard gimmick. I think it's pretty it's great. She also so has a good. she also has a new butler, Luther. Luther the hardcore oh, guy. Oh, no way. Her butler. Yep. That's ah. funny. That's funny. At number eleven, Oscar. Uh, up fifty. Uh, she, she. I mean, she's always awesome. Like Oscar's almost like Brian Danielson for men. It's like 
yeah, I'll put him in there. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Last year she was. What was she last year? Uh, last year she was sixty-one, so up fifty. Well, she was, uh, she was almost last year. Yeah, she was hurt, and then she came back at. Was it the Rumble? She came back with. Yeah. Yep. Um, bring back some of the Kana mannerisms and the face paint. Yep. And always fun. Now the top ten. At number ten. Uh, and she was hurt. For, well, she might be. She might go down a little bit this year, for next year's list because she was hurt for a bit or she took time off. But last year she was uh, she was balls out for impact. And that is Jordan Grace, who is probably, I think, going to beat Trinity at Hard to Kill. Yeah, after she won the Call Your Shot gauntlet. Yeah, I think I think uh, I think it'll be fun to see Trinity chase a little bit. Yeah, she looks like a million damn bucks too. Yes, yeah, Jordan really Grace with the uh... last year she was last year she was uh, six. Yes, so down four. Someone's gonna be happy about number nine. At number nine. <clears throat> two years ago on the 2021 list she was 32 which I thought was an absolute disgrace last year she moved up nine spots to 23 which I thought was a real disgrace and now finally Finally, because everybody wants to make fun of the promotion and their champion and he was on Fox and fucking this and fucking that. But this woman worked her ass off from being Nick Aldis's insurance policy and Mm. not talking much to going out night after night on their pay-per-views and putting on 90% of the time the best match on the card. And that is my girl, the Brick House. Andrew Reese probably doesn't realize this because he doesn't listen to the Saturday special. But I have oh, I been... thought you, were... I thought you were talking about Tyrus. <laughs> See what I mean? <laughs> Another type. Ty... This is what I'm talking about. <laughs> you know? Well, that's I... a problem too, right? Because when you have guys like that in EC3 up front, which are you know, so polarizing and not even really polarizing, like not many people like him at all. Then you lose out seeing the other stuff. No, I'm I'm right? assuming uh, you cut out when you announced the name and I'm assuming you met Camille. Yes. Um, but let me tell you this. She actually showed up at Daly's place during quarantine. They were yes, kind of doing some cross promotional stuff and she was the NWA world champion. And I don't remember who she kind of did like a face off with. But she was almost a foot taller than the, it was Thunder Rosa, and she was like a foot taller than her. And I was like, "Holy well, shit, she looks like a star." She, didn't uh, they, uh, uh, she beat Layla Hirsch too, didn't she? She did. Yes. At some point, was that in she NWA? Beat or was she that beat Layla Hirsch uh, on a show a couple couple summers ago. That was. Um, she's. She deserves it. She goes out there when all the other champions get laughed at. She goes out there. And works her ass off. And I'll tell you something right now. She can go with anybody. And I think she could beat two-thirds of the top eight. Because some of these ones in the top eight I am not happy with. Is she still the women's champion? No. She lost at NWA 75 to... uh, How long was that reign? Almost almost 800 days. Wow. 
she won it in 2021 from Serena Deeb. And she had she lost at because she wanted to take a breather. I think her and Tom Latimer want to have kids, but she um she lost at NWA seventy five to um Kenzie Page. So um she's gonna she'll get it back eventually if she doesn't leave. Number eight, Willow Nightingale. Oh, I love her. <laughs> I've got an issue. I've got an issue, and this is Tony Khan's fault. I'm sorry. I have an issue with Ring of Honor women this high ranked. He, I think he's buried them. And the one, two spots above pisses me off even more because I love no, her. And I think she's gotten disrespected. I'll, I'll do the, I'll do the counterpoint. I actually am thankful that Tony Khan buried it on ring of honor because the people like Willow Nightingale and Athena and Billy Starks, they're making the most of the opportunities and they're being left alone. And that's where the buried treasure is for the women's wrestling in AEW. It's on ring of honor. Yeah. And she's been, I mean, she's on ring of, she's definitely on ring of honor every week. Now, this um, is still a disservice by Tony Khan. He should have more better women's wrestling and better booked women's wrestling on the main program. But on a Ring of Honor, they're actually doing it right. Um I gotta I gotta I gotta I gotta debate that with you, Boogie, but we don't want this show to be three hours long. Um <laughs> because five minutes ago you said the Ring of Honor was was being treated like a bastard stepchild, and now all of a sudden it's the hidden treasure for the women's wrestlers. I I I'm sorry, I don't think it can be both. I think I think Ring of Honor has been treated very poorly. Now the number seven uh on the list, last year she was um she wasn't in the top ten. But this year she the year before she was three, and that is Deanna Perrazzo, who was the face of Impact's division. She's amazing. Absolutely. There's a lot of rumors that she's gonna be a free agent soon. She is, and I think she likes Impact. I don't think she wants to go back to WWE. I think she felt disrespected, and I don't blame her. Um, number six is Athena, and I love Athena, and I loved her in NXT. But I think she's another victim of Tony Khan simply buying Ring of Honor because he wanted an attaboy from all the from all the fans, and then didn't know what the fuck to do with it. That's just my opinion. Agreed. That, that's but, a good point. But uh, agreed. But, I love but like as Andrew said too, like she's been able to use that program to completely redefine who she is sure. and completely come up with a character, which is what I think Rigavano should be used for. Sure. So then you get that, you establish that the stuff with her, I mean, I don't watch ring of honor, um, but I do see like the backstage segments and the stuff with her and Billy Starks and uh, Lexi Nair is absolutely fantastic. Mm. Uh, it's so good. And yeah. I, like, Athena, it's like Sean, it's like Shawn Michaels booking NXT. Like you got sometimes you got to make lemonade out of lemons, and I think they're doing it. Yeah. Mm. Number five, Tam Nakanaka No. I know it's not uh, that, that Nakanaka No, but you know. Yeah. Uh, in, in Stardom, I'm trying to see if she has any titles right now. She uh, just won the World of Stardom title. Um, she had it earlier this year too. Um, had a couple times actually, so yeah, another one that, like I, I, maybe that will be my New Year's resolution for wrestling. <laughs> what to Just, add another uh, promotion to your list of thirty-seven that you watch? No, I, I know, I know, right? <laughs> Good luck with that. Yeah, <laughs> you barely got through this year's G One without you know, fucking drowning. It took so. me three months. <laughs> <laughs> I finished it. I finished it just at the end of September. Number four, 
one of my personal favorites, and it was uh, it was criminal that she sadly couldn't be at all in, and that is, mm-hmm. of course, Jamie Hayter. Um, she had a great year last year, and another one who who got injured at the wrong time, and that's what. Listen, I don't hate Tony Khan. There are things about him that are stupid, but there are some things that hit, that are out of his control. And he got the. If you have to compare between him and WWE. AEW got the injury bug much worse than WWE has. It just happens. Yeah. Their guys yeah. get their 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 workers get hurt at literally the wrong time. Right? Yeah, and it's like that's one that's that was a freak injury. It wasn't. And that's, it wasn't something. And, and the motto she has, Skater hits hard, and it's a hard hitting promotion. I'm and I'm not saying that AEW like is more snug than WWE or GCW. It's not that. Sometimes it's just like you said. Sometimes it's just bad luck, and she got a really bad back injury right when she hit her peak. Suck. Yeah. You know, no, I mean, she'll she'll actually, win, just let all in. Yeah, but I saw Jamie Hader on NXT. Oh, wait, that's Blair Davenport. Sorry. <laughs> ah, they do look, they, they do, it is very close. They do, they nope. do look a lot. Yeah. Number three, uh, she had a good year last year. Then she took some time off and she might be back soon. And that is, of course, Bianca Belair. I think she just came back on Raw, maybe. She did. After the sky, after the sky won the um nope in the ring. Hmm. Um, looks like she's gonna challenge Eo Sky. Okay. Uh, she had a good year. She had a great year. At number two, Julia. Yeah, Julia is basically the number one person in stardom right now. Um, she's is still. She I think she's. Yeah, she's from England. Like everybody loves her to death, and she's like the big. She's gonna be like the big women's free agent, right? Is that her? Yeah, she's the new okay. J- Japan um, strong champion. She was the one who ended up defeating um, uh, Willow Nightingale after Willow uh, won in place of uh, Mercedes Monet. So he she's had that since July fourth. Um, right. Very popular right now. And number, and number one, no, okay. absolute no brainer. Yeah, for me. number one. She was uh, she wasn't in the top ten last year. Forty two. She was forty two last year. Uh, I don't think she wasn't in the top ten the year before. I don't remember. I, I can't see even it. see when she was last in the top ten. I don't but think she, she was. undoubtedly has had the best year of anybody, and that is Mama herself, Rhea Ripley. No, no, I have no issues with this. She is the MVP of Monday Night Raw. She is. Listen, Triple H is trying to book it the same way when he was on top in WWE, and it's got the same fingerprint. If you look at Rhea Ripley's appearances on the show, she's all over it, and I don't complain for a second. Like, every time she's on it, I'm like, what's she doing? They got her involved with Seth Rollins now. They got her involved with this one now. Paul Heyman and the women. She's running the women's division, cutting promos, (laughs) doing that. I, she's amazing. She's incredibly talented. Her match against Charlotte Flair at WrestleMania was probably my favorite women's match I've seen this year. Yeah, it was her great. match with Charlotte Flair in the uh, no crowd WrestleMania might have been the best match of that WrestleMania. Probably of that night. That was the yeah. first one. Yeah, yep. that uh, was the 18, first one out the gate. 2018, she was 63. 19, 35. 2020, 11. 2021, 12. Those were, I mean, that's NXT time there. Right. 2022, she was 42, and then this year, number one. Okay. So before we, uh, I don't want to go too much further, but just some random numbers after this. 21 through 29 is a who's who. 21, Charlotte. 22, Ronda. 
It'd be her both, last. Both last knocking match. around much. Yep, and and Bronda yeah. you will never see again. Twenty three Trinity that'll go up next year. Yeah, because she was only around. She wasn't around that whole twelve months. Nope. Uh, twenty four EO that'll go up. Huge you, jump. Hundred two. I was about to say you're ready to hear my hot take. I think EO Shirai is the most talented women's wrestler in the world. Sky, get the copyright right, Boogie. EO Sky. Shirai. Sky. EO's. She is. But here's the thing about EO. Here's the thing about EO. She's been great for a long time. Yeah, she mm-hmm. has. I loved her. Long. In yeah. Uh, 25, Tiffany Stratton. She will go up. Biggest jump. Yeah. Because she was not ranked prior. How many did you say was last, athlete. last year was 200, Scott? Last year was 150. Okay, so, I mean, I guess technically up 125. Yeah. Um, 26, I call her the Dolph Ziegler of the women's division, Ty Valkyrie, because she just shows up and wrestles everywhere. I think that's a little high. Yeah, yeah. but she just won the NXT women's title off of Becky Lynch. That's... <laughs> I miss the I really do miss the shut up <laughs> days. Um, Twenty-seven, Mickey James, probably. I like her that. Last, probably. Yeah, I last. like that area. I'm glad she was able to get her match that she couldn't get a bound yep. for Corey the year previous due to injury. I'm yep. glad she got that. Twenty-eight, current AEW champion Hikaru Shida. Another who growing good... on me. I yeah. Steve's very. Steve knows very well. I was not a fan of her the first time around. I think. She, She's the Bret Hart of the women's division. If you need someone to hold it, give it to her. Yeah. Okay. She is now. The first time around, she's the Bruce Hart of the women's division. Okay. She took some time (laughs) off, came back with slightly uh, a whole new look, whole new song, um, a little bit different offense. Um, I I think she's a little bit more of herself, like her actual personality now, where she's really gotten into designing her outfits and they're very unique. Yeah. and and you, like when someone's comfortable in their own skin, it shows. Yep. Um, twenty nine Becky Lynch. Of course, she's been in and out this year. So that so that's twenty one through twenty nine. All names that likely will all go up. Yeah. Ne- this coming year. And uh, just kind of. Oh, sorry. Just kind of looking down as we you know we can kind of finish up like some notable names like uh, Britt Baker down to thirty six, which makes sense because she, she hasn't been around as much. Current um, NWA. Women's champion Kenzie Page is thirty-three. Yeah, she went up. Uh, uh, Sayuri, who was Sayuri, who was number one last year, dropped to thirty-seven. Wow. Uh, Bailey forty-one. Of course, she yeah, she, she wasn't really around the year before. Uh, Billy Starks fifty-six. Raquel She's got Rodriguez, a bright future. Fifty-nine. Um, Mercedes Martinez sixty-one. Giselle Shaw sixty-three. Very impressed with her. Mm-hmm. Allie Catch, 64. Cora Jade, 65. That might go up. Uh, Ruby Soho, 72. I feel like she's drowning. Maxine Paler, 74. They're the current uh, TV champion, women's TV champion in NWA. That's a big jump. Yeah. Lady, I love my girl, Lady Frost, 79. She's got uh, a lot of opportunities in Ring of Honor, too, right now. Absolutely. She's on every show. My other girl, Kylan King. She's an Impact. She's an NWA alum. She's uh, 85. Mm-hmm. Rio, 86. Like her even less than I like. Uh, I don't think that's the same Rio. I think this oh, you is might a, be right. Maybe it's a spelling. I'm looking. Yeah, it's, it's a. Different. She's out of England. Uh, it's the oh. I and the H are reverse, and I didn't see our I H O on the uh, list at all. One twenty six. Okay. One twenty six. Okay, so that makes sense. Rio. Okay. 
Um, Killer Kelly, 90. Somebody that I want to pimp again, another one of my NWAs. Wait a second. What? <laughs> I don't know if that's the correct terminology you want to use when going through this list. What? I don't know if that's the correct terminology you would like to use oh. when going through the women's list. What, oh, did, what did I, oh, my God, what did I say? Do I have to edit it? <laughs> no, it's fine. It's fine. Oh, I don't even know what I said. I hate when you do that. Um, 91, a name that I that I uh, I want I want everyone to keep an eye on because she wrestled Camille back-to-back bangers at the last two pay-per-views, and that is Natalia Markova. She is, she is amazing. Hmm. And she's a real Russian. It's not like a Nikita Koloff thing. She's a real Russian. She's very good. No, she's been um, doing every NWA show. Yeah, she's she's been great. Zelina Vega, one hundred and two. I'm um, just trying to find names. People, shots. You sure wasn't you sure wasn't two hundred and one for Zelina Vega? Two hundred and one. I know. Uh, Maddie Rinkowski, she's a NWA uh, worker, one hundred and twenty. Um, yet Riho is one hundred and twenty-six. The Riho we know, the one I was mentioning. <laughs> Steve uh, Boogie's girl, Blair Davenport, one hundred and thirty-one. Um, <laughs> she didn't wrestle that much this past year. Piper no, Niven, uh, no, she. Um, I watched her wrestle. Um, gosh, uh, Gigi Dolan. It was a nice little hard-hitting brawl. Uh, uh, Chelsea, 150, she'll go up because she spent most of the year in NWA and she didn't wrestle much. Uh, Ella Envy, who's one half of the uh, women's tag team champions in NWA, she's 152. Um, so anyway, that's the list. Um, I'm obviously I'm pleased with Camille at nine and I have zero issue with Rhea at number one. Uh, I know, of course, everybody's going to piss and moan, oh, two WWE's number one. Uh, well, you know what? They no, both fine. So. They both earned it. And the highest AEW is Jamie Hader. Jamie Hader. Highest, um, uh, as I a really resident AEW fanboy, I'll say one that I think will go up, and that's uh, Sky Blue. I think Sky Blue will go up. Yeah, she, I'm I think not a big right. fan of hers. I'm really not. I think. Uh, and maybe she's it's small. And I've seen her talk, too. Um, not good. Um, Tony Storm will go way up. They, they just need. They, I know it's a broken record, but especially with some, you know, the Ring of Honor names you mentioned, like Lady Frost and Athena Trisha and Dora. Billy Starks and Trisha Dora um, are all great. Um, it, it, it might be time to move some of those up, bring, you know, get Britt Baker going again um, and, and just kind of refresh things a little bit. Uh, yeah, I, and I don't know the ratings that well. I don't know if Soraya's doing anything after she debuted and was in Steve, England. You are, Steve, Willie, you are, are you sure you're not, you don't need a head examination? You are out of your mind. How, why does AEW need a refreshing? I just saw an episode that had Sting, Ric Flair, and Rob Van Dam. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about cleaning the air. Um, <laughs> so, Wait, how long do you think it'll be before Ric Flair gives a, uh, uh, the so, little uh, dong dong shot so, sting. So supposedly he said shot. he's gonna, supposedly he's going to be around until um because Sting announced he's going to retire in March when uh, Revolution takes place. He's going to retire. Flair said something like he's going to be around for that long. Well, I mean, God willing. I mean, let's be honest, guys. I think the the I think the uh, I mean we're we're, we're going to head out the door now, but I think uh, call, I'm calling it now, and we could talk about it throughout the months, but. That the Sting's actual last match at Revolution will be with Darby Allen. How is it not? Darby Allen will be involved in some way, 
whether it's uh and in a recent I talked about this in the AW, it, it will either be one on one or Darby will be his tag partner. Right. They'll do they'll tag one more time. Yeah. So, well, guys, that was fun. Yeah, I like the sitting around and just acting like the mic's not on. And I think at times I talk like it isn't. Um, <laughs> no, it's super fun. I, but, in all honesty, it, it really is. It's yeah. just it's just no, like it's a, a conversation that we happen to be taping and it. It makes yeah. me very happy. Boogie, it's, it was good to have you back for another show. We we love we you know you're always welcome uh, as family here because you are G. So uh, guys, check out the show. Uh, the their AE, the AEW pod. Him and uh, the other uh, Mook, um, who we just shows up him. He just shows up for catering. Um, <laughs> it was but, it was uh, Rish and I this week. Ah, okay. Uh, <laughs> he wanted cake and he didn't get cake. That's why. Um, <laughs> no. Nah, um, Steve and I will be doing an episode of Pod of Honor soon. Schedule again. It's just life, you know. Sadly, Steve and I not win Powerball, so we can't just quit <laughs> life, on, which would be so great right now. Um, <laughs> so but, tired, uh, dude. But we will get. We will. Pod of Honor will be back. It's not on hiatus or dead. We just got to find a time to to, do, to take the next show. Um, uh, we'll be back. Uh, here's an interesting schedule, and we're going to do this. So keep an eye on this. So next month, uh, we will be recording. Uh, so the next step, the next regular episode will be on Friday, November 10th. And then the following Friday, the 17th, because the following week is Thanksgiving, we're going to do a special episode of main event, a quick one where we're just going to preview full gear because it'll be that, that following Saturday, the 18th. So we're going to do two back-to-back episodes of main event that week. Saturday, the 10th, Friday, the 10th will be a regular episode. And then Friday, the 17th, we will do just a full gear preview boogie you'll be back for that so um and we'll preview and pick our you know pick our winners and pick the matches for the fabulous forum baby the homie showtime um <laughs> and that will be uh, so look forward to that in um in november so we'll have back-to-back episodes of main event a regular episode on the 10th and then a full gear preview episode on the 17th Hope everybody enjoyed this episode. Have a wonderful weekend. If you're going to Collision here in my home state, have fun. Uh, and maybe post some stuff on our Place to Be Facebook page. Uh, of course, check out all the, the, the feeds on the Quad of Pods. Here, the beloved OG, the PTB Wrestling Network, the No-So. Within that, the Jenny position, of course, the PTB Pop Experience. For Brother Boogie, Brother Steve, and Brother Scott, you've been in the main event. Have a fun two weeks. Shut Wait up. a minute. Shut up, Reesh. <laughs>